Today's episode is brought to you by Alexandra Park BJJ. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a full-contact martial art and combat sport that was developed in Brazil in the 20th century. With roots in Judo and Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, has been developed and refined into a unique grappling art with the aim to allow a smaller and weaker individual to beat a bigger and stronger opponent with the application of proper technique. Based in Muswell Hill, North London, Alexandra Park BJJ's classes are designed so that you can develop your fitness levels, balance, coordination and flexibility in a no-pressure environment and to provide the opportunity to start a new sport at a reasonable price. At Alexandra Park BJJ, we aim to be inclusive so that everyone can benefit from this incredible art, not just the athletic or ultra competitive. To book your free class, head over to alexandraparkbjj.co.uk or email inquiries at alexandraparkbjj.co.uk. Hello everyone and welcome to See Through Panel. This is a comic book review and discussion podcast. Uh, my name is Fahed Rahman and today I'm joined by Juliana Akban. Uh, she is a multidisciplinary artist having practices in fine arts and illustration. She uh, has recently started a course uh, to become an art educator of illustration and a comics course in Moscow. Uh, She's developing her work in storytelling through sculpture and visual images and often includes uh, an ethnographic approach in her project. As an artist, she's inspired by her real-life experience, uh, paralleled by big historical events. Currently, she's working on a book project that represents her family story that took place among the small indigenous people of Siberia during the repressions of the 1950s in the Soviet Union, uh, developing a topic from a documental perspective. Um, How are you doing? Uh, Hi, uh, I'm actually pretty fine and excited about our conversation. What about you? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing well. Just uh, recovering from a cold, still. So our regular listeners can probably tell from my voice it's still not um, fully recovered. Yeah. But we'll try and um, we'll try and get uh, get through as um, best we can. The book we're discussing is the Two Lives of Penelope by Judith Vanis Tendal. This is published by Europe Comics. Uh, well, the English language version is anyway. I'll read out the blurb. So Penelope. Penelope is a Belgian physician who works with Doctors Without Borders in war-torn Syria. She returns to Belgium when she can in order to see her husband and daughter, but the transition is hard. Her latest trip home for the holidays proves to be even tougher than usual, as the coexistence of two excruciatingly different worlds she inhabits becomes increasingly fraught. So uh, when I first got in contact with you, I sent you a list of different books that we could possibly discuss what drew you to this one. Actually, the first thing that attracted my uh, my interest was the fact that I was completely unfamiliar with magician, what magicians do during the war, how do yeah. they exper- uh, feel this experience. And uh, it was the first thing that I was curious about. And also this, uh, this topic uh, was uh, closest to my current interests. So that's why I decided to pick this one. And actually, I'm pretty glad that I've made the decision. It's an interesting book for a number of reasons. Firstly, I think the it's, it's always kind of interesting when a book tells you what the ending's going to be at the end. So kind of the first couple of pages tells you that, mm-hmm. you know, she's not seen her family for 
a considerable amount of time so we kind of know when you know what the conclusion what the what the conclusion of the books mm-hmm. going to be so kind of the journey of the story is discovering why she makes this decision not to see see her family so I think the book starts really with her in well it depends how, where do you think the kind of story actually starts because I think you know the, 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 the book starts with her going through explaining what she's doing in Syria but for me the, the story actually starts as when she comes back home for the Christmas period in um 2015 you know that family family story that's happening kind of intercut with scenes from the work that she's doing in in Syria yeah that was really impressive beginning I guess yeah. Because uh, you had to compare this uh, two different like lifestyles, I guess, and yeah. also the the main uh, uh, the main idea of the book that I that I got. I realized that it's not for me. Th- this whole story was about communication, actually. Uh, okay. And uh, at the beginning, I thought that this is going to be a whole different story, but during the reading, I realized that it had like. Uh, uh, I mean, the big, uh, the biggest idea of all the story for me was uh, representing the difficulties of communication between uh, people that can uh, can't compare each other's experiences in life. So th- this beginning was uh, like slightly showing this a- aspect of view, I guess. For me. Uh, that's fascinating. You kind of picked up up on that aspect because I think probably to give the listeners a little bit of um, context so Penelope she's a doctor she kind of volunteers for uh, Medicine Sans Frontiers which uh, goes to different war zones and she's spent a considerable amount of time in Syria Mm -hmm. and she's coming back for the holidays and she's she's got her family at home she's got her daughter Helen her husband Otto who are waiting for her to kind of come back and spend some t- some time with her, and then kind of her mother and her, her mother and her sister, her twin sister Maya, are also kind of like quite anxious that she decides to spend more time at home as well. And it's it's fascinating you picked up on that point because like from Penelope's Penelope, I've got to say get that name right. from <laughs> Penelope's point of view, uh, the work that she's. Uh, doing in Syria is is really important and you know saving lives out there but from her family's point of view that kind of left behind in Belgium their experience is like of what is important and what's not important is kind of slightly different and they're really concerned that she comes back and you know shares shares time and um, experience with them so that the thing your point that you picked up on there about them not being able to kind of understand each other's perspectives I think is it is probably the key thing in the yeah book, actually yeah yeah I agree uh... And uh, I think that it's the beauty of uh, of comic as a medium is to bring up topics that are difficult to discuss and too dif- difficult to explain in in words. So this uh, this message pretty subtle, and um, and that's it. <laughs> so that one of the maybe one of the things that kind of builds more on your point is when I'm just going to call her Penny because I'm struggling with the name Penelope. Okay. Okay. <laughs> when Penny um, comes home. Uh, she's carrying this red bag and inside mm-hmm. the red bag is I, I don't know what the right word is maybe the spirit or the ghost of someone that she has treated and who's passed away in Syria and that kind of literally bringing that emotional baggage back home with her and she's the only one that see this this yeah. um spirit and it kind of builds up on the point that uh you know sh- she's 
thinking about things and she's not really she knows she, a, a lot a lot a, a lot um many times through the story she kind of talks about you you don't know what it's like out there mm-hmm. but she's not really doing a good job of explaining mm-hmm. what it's like out there she's not really told anyone even her psychiatrist that you know she feels like she's carrying this ghost of this patient that died in Syria even while she's back at home so I think that's kind of the the other thing is like the things that we you know people who love each other and care about each other how they hide things away from each other because you you're afraid that they're not going to understand like what you want to share with them I, I found this metaphor pretty beautiful uh, about this ghost and uh, uh, also I noticed that uh, for me the whole visual thing about this comic was uh, uh, was about this uh, red uh, uh, red creature that uh, looked like uh, something like blood stain yeah uh, and it, the whole visual about it was pretty impressive because other uh, characters they are much more defined and uh, it, the moment the, when this uh, Ghost appeared uh, was also the moment when the whole visual uh, really collected into one. Uh, this blood strain was also a key for me for the whole uh, choosing of material. I don't know if uh, Judith Van uh, Stendel usually works with watercolor, but uh, this uh, this idea to draw this uh, ghost like a stain uh, that comes out of uh, out of borders a bit uh, was pretty. Mm, pretty cap- captured for the story to work as as well as i think it it does do that she i think for the most part has chosen to work with analog materials i don't think there's a lot of digital work in here i think she uses um a lot of paints and watercolors mm-hmm. um and you can kind of see the penmanship on the painting i'm not saying you can't achieve that with digital tools but to me like, it's, it's quite clear that she's used watercolors the you know, especially with with the reds you can kind of see how that's kind of staining through mm-hmm. um, um um different different things why do you think she kind of made might have made that choice to work uh analog to know speaking from other creators it increases the amount of time to complete a work because you're not able to do quick edits and mm-hmm. stuff like that why do you think she she chose to maybe she choose the more like arduous arduous okay. route I guess that uh, materials like that give a sense of uh, more personal approach. Those panels, they uh, resemble of a diary, and also this handwriting is uh, gives you much more personal view, I guess, because when you uh, work with uh, digital, it's d- more difficult to get rid of like perfect image. That is true. It's, and it's a good point that you kind of make, make about the the lettering it does give it a little bit more like of a intimate feel yeah. because like especially she's kind of giving these internal monologues that it just feels a little bit more uh intimate rather than if it was like digitally um lettered uh as well uh let's let's talk a little bit about the 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 relationships between different characters they that to me they all feel that they were all um well written this you've got uh you've got a real sense that there was like a, a genuine personal history between uh, all the characters and like the inter relationships one of the key things i wanted to kind of talk about how what did you make of judith not judith uh penny's relationship with her daughter helen how did you think that kind of unfolded and um how how do you think uh, judith kind of explored those uh, mother-daughter dynamics on the one hand uh, I th- uh, it was obvious that penny uh, really cares about her daughter but this care is uh, somehow dist- really distant 
and also uh, it was curious for me to to think about the concept of that that family that is really on the one hand it's uh, work seems to be a caring family but on the other hand it looks like dysfunctional and this uh, relationship between mother and daughter they presented Penelope like like really unusual person from and 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 it was uh, portrayed uh, by for me it was noticeable from the details that uh, she mentioned and sh- that she was into surgery from the from her early years and uh, i think that she had some different type of empathy me- me- <laughs> mechanism in her yeah. yeah yeah i think that's probably right because with penelope like her priorities don't seem like she they don't seem to be towards Helen so much. They more seem to be towards people in the war zone. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that sometimes people just can't can't ignore things that if I find vital. And yeah. It's, sometimes it's difficult to understand, but that happens. And uh, the other thing that I have on my mind about this family, it, I, I, I assume that Penelope thinks that uh, her family may run by itself yes and and maybe i think that on the one hand she may be right because there are huge amount of families that are like incomplete in some way and there are not so many people that can replace her at war i think that's the other thing that kind of comes across in the book is that she maybe feels like well her husband seems to be doing like a fairly good job of raising the daughter she's got mm-hmm. her grandmother who um kind of at the start of the book not her not her grandmother but um uh, helen's grandmother penelope's uh, mother mm-hmm. is the person that kind of guides helen through that period where well her period where she has her first uh, menstrual Mm-hmm. cycle and yeah maybe she feels like well my daughter's gonna be okay without me but these these other people in the war zone they need me there more than my family does and that's really that's a really difficult decision to make i think so uh we, we've talked a little bit about the the artwork this kind of she uses uh, a lot of watercolors and kind of you can kind of see the penmanship um on on the page mm-hmm. one of the things I'm, I'm i'm getting a little bit more interested in and when i'm when i'm talking to especially to artists is why um certain color palettes are chosen and you've spoken a little bit about the red uh, p- previously um why do you think she chose the color palette that she decided to to go with was it to add kind of weight to the story or you mean the whole color palette yeah the whole the whole color palette because mm. there's uh, i wouldn't necessarily say it's light colors mm-hmm. but it's I, I would say she's working with a lot of like pastels and juxtaposed to maybe like the harsh subject matter of some of the conversations that happen i guess that uh, artist approach was to uh, to show that while reading i always had the idea that uh, had a thought that uh, something terrible is behind uh, like is outside of the story and uh, i have to interact with uh, something that look looks bright the, the darkest part of it it uh, left left uh, outside of the story and I think that uh, the cho- uh, chosen colors were t- to show that contrast between uh, everyday routine life that seems to be like normal and uh, something terrible that we, we as spectators cannot see. And uh, the only thing that uh, shows this part of Penelope's life is this 
red uh, and black ghost. Yeah. I think it's all about the contrast and uh, about showing this uh, just th this life from yeah. the view of her family, I guess. So some of the panels they do look like they, they wouldn't be like out of place in kind of maybe like a Roald Dahl book, like a Quentin Blake, something like that. Uh, sort of thing for me kind of like the favorite sequences that take place um, at night time she does such a beautiful job of coloring the scene so you can actually tell that they're taking place at night kind of there's, there's a dark overwash over the um over the the images there's one sequence where she's talking to her daughter just before she's about to go to bed and then there's you know a sequence just after it where her husband otto is um having a cigarette and i just think the way that she illustrates the lights mm -hmm. in, the, in those sequences is just it's really beautiful um actually it's kind of a, it takes so much skill to do that to make that look uh, as like simple as easy as and it's, it's not it takes a lot of skill to be able to do like the lighting the way, way that she um that she does it yeah i also was impressed by uh, part of the story where she's portrait in bed with her husband and suddenly uh, the lines are disappearing and there are only uh, like colorful spots when, that she's working with yeah and it's really great change of uh, of this cha uh, she changes uh, that scheme she changes uh, that scheme with uh, she's working and it yeah. makes a really really nice surprise for the viewer and it yeah. gives uh, gives you this feeling tenderness and, uh, yeah, like they're exchanging something yeah. there. So we've been talking about the comic for about 25 minutes. Like for me, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a recommendation for me. One thing that we haven't really talked about is the dialogue. I think the dialogue is really well written. All the conversations feel like natural conversations. So um, I'm not too sure who did the mm -hmm. translation for this, but they did a superb job because you, you always feel like a bit of give and go and like there's funny sequences and then there's exchanges of anger and it's all really beautifully written so yes i i i would like very highly recommend everyone check this out how, how, how about you did would you give this uh comic book a um recommendation sure i'm, I'm really enjoyed this uh, piece because it's unusual and, and uh, the topic is really strange and uh, i think that it's something that's difficult to discuss and uh, I, I, I really like this one and I've never heard of this artist and this title so I'm really grateful that you put this on the list and also uh, sorry yeah no go ahead also, I've noticed that the, there was a curious thing about uh, the title. I, I mean, uh, Penelope. Yeah. I've come through Greek mythology and uh, found out that Penelope was the wife of Odysseus. And actually, the, there was some lines in this comic that referred to this Greek story. And I found out that in Greek mythology, Penelope was... Uh, famous for waiting for his husband that was gone for about 10 years for taking over Troy. She was the one who was waiting at home. And I think that the title, it actually works beautiful because the real Penelope of the story is uh, the husband. And actually that's yeah. pretty nice double meaning, I guess. Then there's also kind of like the double meaning is the there's one Penelope mm -hmm. that kind of exists in, in the civilian world and then there's another Penelope that exists over there in Syria and they're kind of like those two Penelopes can't ever really exist in the same place at the same time as well so yeah I think that's the you know the kind of the other meaning 
of of the book so that's a recommendation from um both of us so let's um talk about you a little bit so you know why art basically why did you decide to pursue a career in art and how did that actually begin? I used to be an architect several years yeah. ago, and I really, on the one hand, I enjoyed this occupation, but uh, I always felt that the subject of my work, uh, it isn't something that really bothered me. I always up for, I was always interested in uh, stories more, and uh, I realized that the subject of architecture is not my, my cup of tea, I guess. I mean, I can... Uh, deal with it can work like that but it's not the main thing that that bothers me while you kind of enjoyed your work as an architect it wasn't really your passion Um, yeah yeah okay I said that that's that's, sorry yes go ahead no no go Uh, ahead you you were speaking yeah that there was a moment when I realized that I actually I want to work with uh, different different topics and I want to bring up uh, questions that are meaningful to me so that's why I decided to move toward art and actually I think that it was the best decision of my life that's fascinating um because I know it's becoming an architect uh, I know people some people have uh, qualified as an architect and it's a really difficult thing to do it takes a a long time to study to kind of put your portfolio together you know it's not just uh, an idea of like you know putting pen to paper and drawing you need to look at all like the measurements and make sure every the build build the building is safe (laughs) and um, all these sort of things and meeting like briefs as well so it's not an easy um, job to do how long did it take you to, to to realize that you wanted to pursue a career in arts was it kind of like a gradual realization or was it just like one day Mm. just decided uh, like enough's enough I Uh, want to do something different I think that it was evolving in me because uh, I used to I used to draw a lot when I was a child but then I gave it up I started to study at the university as an architect and later while I was working in the office I started to uh, to creating sculptures and I realized that uh, this this hobby is uh, getting bigger than uh, my my everyday routine work so it was okay. like uh, growing with time i guess and then one day i realized that i i haven't had enough <laughs> of my work and uh, i want to try something different so you kind of you mentioned sculpture and um, what materials do you use to mm-hmm. to kind of make make your uh, sculptures i use uh, ceramics uh, it's and also okay. i i try to combine with uh, mixed media so i guess it's mixed media sculptures mostly made out of clay clay it's, it's not the most forgiving material to work with sometimes it kind of like sometimes uh you know having done a little bit of it myself it all it can take up mm-hmm. on a, a mind of its own <laughs> sometimes if you find kind of found that as yeah, well yeah but the process of creating sculptures is much more calm i guess than drawing because drawing yeah. takes lots of yeah. uh, much more stress yeah oh that's that's curious oh, um so you think uh like, well for you sculpting with clay is yeah uh, maybe more meditative than with drawing okay that's that, that's really interesting actually so you, you, why why do you think that is for you sorry to kind of like um maybe, maybe ask that question why do you think drawing is more stressful or takes Uh, more energy i guess it's all about choices that you have to make Uh, while working with uh, clay you just thinking about uh, volumes i mean you create come up with the concept at first with the idea but then all you have to do is just to bring it to life 
to to sculpt it with your hands and uh, while drawing you have to make decisions like every minute and it's much more difficult but it's i think it's just different mechanisms when you are drawing how how do you tend to work do you work did it did digitally do you work with analog materials do you work uh, in a studio or how does that how does that process mm. work usually work i work with uh, analog materials and then i make uh, post editing in digital uh, but uh, not always sometimes i work with uh, like oil paintings and uh, i work at my home i don't have a studio yet unfortunately so i okay. mostly work from home yeah uh, m- most of the people i've spoken to they've they work from home and a lot of them work digitally i did speak to, to one person who works digitally he'll he says he'll, mm. you know, he'll just take his ipad or um tablet device and he'll go out to the park and, and work work out there and other people said though that they could never <laughs> do that they'd find that um too distracting in terms of you know when you're sitting down to to draw to draw something uh, one of the things that's come up a, a lot is uh, in my discussions with artists is what they have on in the background is there like a particular music set list that you you listen to or do you have like a tv show on in the background or is it kind of like complete mm. silence actually i can draw yeah. while i'm listening to something uh, because i think that music has a huge impact on my thoughts and there uh, when you're listening to someone singing it means that you are kind of letting in some other person inside of your working routine it's kind of difficult to explain but i feel that way i mean uh, i have to work in silence <laughs> you're the first person who said that to me a lot of the a lot of the other um, artists have said oh i need some music on the background i just i just can't um, oh, i'm uh, sorry sorry uh, yeah. I think that I no, no, just can't stop uh, really listening into music when I turn it on. I mean, I start to think about music more than about anything else. <laughs> I think uh, you know a couple of the the artists that I've um, spoken to, um, if they're uh, especially if they're illustrating like an action sequence or like a sequence that has got uh, sad emotions in it, uh, in it, they like to listen to sad music because mm. that kind of helps them some way kind of make 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 uh the, you know the the artistic decisions that they they need to make but you yeah, know it's, it's interesting that you draw uh in silence so it's a comic book uh podcast i'm going to mm-hmm. ask you a little bit more now about uh comic books so i've, sp- I've spoken to a few different people from different you know di- different countries some people from south africa some people from um georgia mm-hmm. the united states all over the place and each one of those countries has got its own different comic book or graphic novel tradition. What is, what's the comic book, what was the comic book scene like where you were growing up? And has it, has that kind of uh, influenced or influenced your decision to make comics? Or did you discover comics a little bit later on? And kind of, yeah, so yeah, let's, let's start with that. How, what, what kind of, did you read comics while you were growing up, basically? Mm, actually, I uh, while growing up, I wasn't really into comics. The first comic that I uh, came across was uh, The Tank Girl by Jamie Hewlett. <laughs> but uh, I can't say that I was a big fan of that uh, type of stories. It was just the first thing that, that I met. And uh, I wasn't really into comics until uh, I grew up. And actually, I... Uh, it was an independent uh, Russian publishing house that impressed me. It 
it's called Bunkniga and it's called uh, it's famous for its uh, unusual stories. I mean, they uh, usually they their comic that share personal stories. That's fine. So, what what, what can you give me the, because it's it's not a publishing house I've I've heard of before. What, what was kind of maybe the first title, the first book that you read from them that kind of sparked your interest? And in? how did you how did you discover that book in the first place? Was it um, something you just came across in bookshop? Was it online, or did someone maybe recommend it? It was a huge uh, festival of comic that, uh, that took place in my hometown, and uh, several publishing houses arrived it and uh, represented their books. And the first book that I uh, that caught my eye was uh, uh, Stigmata by Lorenzo Matotti, and that was the. Uh, that was a story that really shocked me. Uh, the first thing that I was uh, mesmerized by its visual language, and also what, what, after after reading it, I realized that this uh, uh, this type of storytelling has lots of uh, strange sides. I guess so. I um, that was the first okay. book that uh, really impre- comic book that really impressed me, and after that I became. Uh, constant reader of comic okay so I've, that's not a um, book i've ever heard of what is it what's a what is the story mm. um what is the story about it's the story about a person that, that uh, turned out to be a saint and uh, uh, that's a really peculiar one because uh, it has nothing to do with the common common expectations about religion and uh, i would say that it's a story about uh, hope i guess and uh, okay. it's really beautiful and subtle and uh, I was really surprised by the way that this story is told. So uh, I realized that there, there wouldn't be any other form that could uh, represent a story like that. That's fascinating. And as that kind of the first book, mm. well, the first comic book that you read that made you realize, all right, this is fantastic art form and did it, did, was it at that point you, you, you decided, well, you realized that maybe this is a storytelling format that you you wanted to work in yourself? Or did that kind of maybe come along a little bit Actually, later it, on? Actually, uh, it came later because when I first, uh, when, when this book uh, captured my, my interest, I wasn't really drawing. Uh, it came later. Okay. I mean, I, I think that it, it took about five years for me to realize that I want to be an artist. And uh, yeah. Uh, from the sounds of it, you, you don't really. It doesn't sound like you read a lot of like superhero um, uh, comics. Yeah, uh, it's true. I know. Yeah, I know next to nothing about the kind of Russian comic book scene. Is it is it developed? Is it a developed scene out there? I mean, excuse me for my ignorance. Okay, it's I, okay. I, I, don't, I don't know, but yes. Um, but is it a, a developed um, scene out there in terms of there's um, lots of publishers, or is it just a couple of couple of uh, different publishers, and it's very much more of like a independent uh, scene out there? Uh, there are not so many publishers. I guess that there are like several that are pretty big, but they're struggling actually because uh, comics are not really popular in here, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, there are some independent publishers that create really small uh, small stories. Uh, it's not really. I mean, there are not so many readers for these kind of stories, unfortunately. Okay, so it's it's pretty be pretty similar to maybe the the UK then in terms of like in a in a UK bookshop, for example, you might find it really depends on the bookseller, but yes, quite often 
there won't be that many comic books or graphic novels in there. You need to go to like a speciality comic book shop to um, to to find them. Okay, so that's 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 um, that's interesting to know. So when you did decide comic books was a uh, format you wanted to work in, how did you uh, come to that that realization? Because like drawing is one thing and sculpting is another thing, but using like telling a story with comics is not uh so straightforward it's 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 a separate skill so when did you decide to go on that journey uh, actually i think that uh, it doesn't matter how many stress it takes about drawing i think if you if you feel that you have to do it you it, it doesn't really matter how how much you suffer <laughs> i guess yeah. so uh I, I realized that uh, comic and visual stories is the thing that I have to do, work with because it's the medium that suits to my my storytelling ability. My uh, I guess it suits my type of stories. I guess in terms of like the the artistic style that you've developed, I've you know, I've you know, looked over your um, Instagram a little bit. What um kind of artistic influences have you taken either from the comic books that you've read or from kind of just like art in general in terms of like the 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 artistic style that you use to draw actually i think that on every project i try to come up with uh, uh, with a new style i mean that i try to find uh, the best language that suits it so I have like different uh, influencers, I guess, and uh, it's always uh, comes from comes starts with the, the the idea, and there is no no one particular name. I okay. Mean, the, oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. There are some artists that inspire me, but uh, they they change from time to time, I guess. Tell me about um, some projects that you're working on at the moment. Uh, the intro that I, I read out for you. So you're working on a, a book project that sounds like inspired by your own uh, family story. Do you want to talk a little bit more about about that and kind of is it a comic book or is it prose or? It's going to be a mix of different uh, types of storytelling. I mean, the there would be parts that are represented as, co- as comic, and there would be some parts that are mostly in prose, and some are going to be illustrated because it's going to be like a mix of uh, small stories, I guess. And actually, it's in the process of uh, creating so i'm not really sure how, how it will end up what research are you kind of putting into that is it are you talking to kind of lots of members of your your own family and you, you know also in kind of like in the blurb you also mentioned you're going to try, maybe try and tie it into um real life historical events what, uh, what research are you kind of like doing around those two different different areas it has started with uh after some conversation that I had with my relatives and uh, uh, we had those small like conversation about their past while I was growing up. So, I mean, I was surrounded by this story. Later, when I, uh, I've grown older, I realized that I have to do something with it, uh, that this story has like huge influence on me. So I decided to go further and visited some archives, uh, found some documents, and also, oh, I mean, I was 
try to find uh, any any documental um, that could ever be connected with the story. Also, I came came over ethnographical books uh, that could uh, shed some light on uh, culture of this uh, ethnic group. This group is called Tejutubans, and it's located in Tuva Republic. That's part of. Uh, Russian Federation. I mean, it's a big mixture of different kinds of information. It's like conversation from with my relatives, some documents, and also some ethnographic facts. It sounds like it could be. It sounds like it's going to be very like time-consuming yeah. project. But it also sounds like it might be like emotionally draining. Yeah. As well at the same time because yeah uh, do you want are you happy to maybe talk about like a brief outline of what the the story is going to be or do you want to kind of like maybe hold mm. hold that yeah back? i can i can uh, we can discuss it a bit okay yeah sure so what's um what is the basic um, plot of the of the book of, well, of the book that you you can you're going to be telling about and um especially when you're kind of maybe some of some of the sorts of events that you'll be kind of like covering um, as well i'm not really sure what uh, what plot will be in the end because i'm kind of in the process of creating it i mean i i try to yeah. uh, to come up with a whole uh, storyline for it but now it's uh, the event that was uh, was a push for me was a story that happened with my grandfather who gr- grandfather's father my grand great grandfather uh, who was uh, was living in? Uh, it's hard to explain in English. <laughs> uh, let me let let me Google. Uh, well, it's uh, it's a story about my great grandfather, who was uh, repressed during nineteen fifties, and uh, the unusual part about the story is uh, because it took place in uh, in a small village that's located in. Uh, Surrounded by Tega, and uh, it's a really, really weird story about mix with mix of politics and uh, some. Uh, I think that the the main thing why I started to do this is because I tried to understand uh, the past of my family because it was kind of unusual because part of my family came from uh, really. Uh, uh, closed uh, community. Uh, it was uh, it's a small village located in Tuva Republic that's surrounded by deep forests. And uh, I I I realized that the story is really is really is really important, especially when you come to think about the big, bigger events that took took place in my country. So I realized that I can okay. tell a personal story that parallels with huge, huge movements in history. So I just realized it's, we're coming up to um, an hour. It's just a few, few more questions, okay. and I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you go. Um, one of the questions I like to ask um, artists is like, what does success look like <laughs> to you? Uh, well, that's a big question, uh, but yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of, I think that I would, uh, I would be, um, I would be glad and feel myself uh, successful when I'll realize that uh, I'm able to work only on my personal projects without, 
having to to get any freelance commissions. I mean that I, I, I'd love to devote all, all my time to things that I really want to, to work on rather yeah. than having to take paid paid yeah. gigs. I think that's a dream for a, yeah, a lot that's of true. You kind of you talked a little bit about the, the Russian comic books. I'd be really uh, interested if you could maybe give me a list of Russian comic books or graphic novels that you've enjoyed um and i'll see if it's maybe possible for me to um find english translations for them so you you may um can you remind me of the, the the first one that you kind of mentioned earlier on in dust in our discussion um what was the title and who was it by the first one i mentioned was uh, the um was one by jamie hewlett but it's uh, not russian obviously uh yeah. the second one was stigmata by lorenzo matozzi and he's italian and what, uh, what about Russians? I think that the most uh, outstanding, one of the most, I would say, outstanding books is uh, uh, Survila by Olga Lavrentieva. I think that it was published abroad. I'm pretty sure. I'm not, okay. I, I'm not sure if, if it's available in English, but I hope so. It's, um, it's a story about Second World, World War. And it's uh, told from the perspective of a family. It's a really important book. And also, um, there also is a really nice book written by Julia Nikitina. It's called uh, Midnight Land. It's also a story about family uh, that takes place in a small city. Uh, and it's really, really beautiful. And uh, it tells about the idea of... Uh, we, uh, of belonging to the land it's really beautiful i guess i'm not sure if it was published i think that two of these are my favorite ones you've talked a little bit about um uh, the book you're working on um are there any other projects that you'd like to tell my um uh, listeners about mm. actually i don't have any other big projects currently i'm working on a book cover for medical uh, publication it's not really interesting in general. Yeah. Freelance yeah, yeah. job that I have to do. There's, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you think we should have talked about? Are there any questions I haven't asked that you think I should ask? Mm, I don't think that there are any. Actually, I'm pretty glad with our conversation. And uh, I think that you are uh, doing a great job. <laughs> okay, that's that's great. So um, uh, my last uh, question I'm going to ask you is if you can please... Um, tell everyone who's listening to the podcast where they can find your work, where they can find you online, all that sort of good stuff, social media, website, anything mm -hmm. like that. I think that it's easier to find me on Instagram. I'm, you can find me by my name. Uh, I, I don't, unfortunately, I don't have any other social platforms. So I, I think that it's the only one. Okay, cool. And I, I believe your um, Instagram handle is you.agban.com. Um, yeah. at Instagram so yeah please check that out um, thank you very much Julia uh, uh, it's been a great um, chatting to you guys that are, guys and girls that are listening thank you for listening to the podcast um, please continue to support us if you can leave a review or recommendation um, on whatever podcast app you're listening to us on that would be really helpful or if you can leave a tip in the tip jar that would be really useful if you've got any um 
uh, comments or recommendations for books that you'd like to cover you'd like uh, us to cover next um, please email us at uh, c3panel at gmail.com uh, Cole is doing a really great job on the YouTube channel in terms of uh, not necessarily view reviews but overviews of uh, comic books and graphic novels that he has been, been reading so please check that out as well uh, Yolanda, uh, if you can say bye, say bye. 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 <laughs>